Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Let us take a moment of silence to acknowledge how horrible Manchester United is. Ziaul Roshan, any thoughts? Silence. <laughs> no, it's been a tough time supporting my beloved Manchester United. You talk about taking a minute of silence. We probably need three because I think that's three back-to-back defeats the team have suffered. And yesterday, I know it was uphill task going up against mighty Bayern Munich. But having started well, one Andre Onana made the mistake of his life to give them the lead. And then I think eventually 4-3 was a decent result, but difficult. Let's hear from uh, Andre Onana, the brand new Cameroon goalkeeper for Manchester United. This is what he had to say about that era. Of course, mistake is part of life of goalkeepers. But... Um, uh... I'm happy for the effort of the team because uh, we worked hard today. It was not an easy game. And while well, I have to um, I have to assume the responsibility now, I think we lost this game because of me. And the goal, uh, the mistake I make, the goal we concede, <sighs> came in bad moment. No? I think we were, at that time we were in control of the game. And after that, that goal, we, we fall down because of that. It's not an easy situation. But it's time to um, to accept and be responsible for everything. We are big men, not easy situation. Work hard and keep believing because we are Manchester United and uh, we have to be able to go everywhere try to, to do our best, of course. Yeah, I think uh, we that mistake cost us the victories because of me. We didn't, we didn't win today. Andrea Nana speaking uh, about his mistake uh, during the game against Bayern Munich in the studio to help us uh, dissect the game is uh, Straits Time Sports reporter Deepan Rajagana Sandeepan, welcome. Hi, Elliot. Uh, hi, Roshan. I wish to be, be- here on a, in a better result, after a better result, but it is what it is. Actually, I mean, you watch the game, right? Not that bad. Why? Wow. <sighs> okay. La. So, so, so you look at the, the scoreline. I, I actually disagree. I the scoreline heavily flatters Manchester United mm. because really? yeah. So so if you look at the at the goals that uh, we scored, it's a bit of naive defending or compla- complacent defending uh, from Bayern Munich, and you you got the feeling throughout the match that Bayern had another gear to go into, you know. And this is a Bayern team that hasn't really impressed so far this season. So all in all, with this context, yeah, you you would take a four three four three defeat at the Allianz Arena. I'm not saying no. But if you look at the performance alone, there was nothing to really cheer about no, really. other than Regalon or, or Hoyland's performance. I didn't see anything. What, what did you see I that mean, impressed the, you? The handball was rubbish. Uh, yeah, so, it's a 3-3 draw. Yeah, so the handball, I agree. I, I thought it was harsh. Uh, I didn't think it was a penalty. I saw others say that it was a penalty. I can understand the perspective. But I, I think the problems are more than just uh, about the result. I think it's there's a pattern developing, and, and that's what the concern is. And if I may go into what what the, this pattern is that I'm talking about, we can look at Onana's mistake for for the goal, and of course, it's hundred percent his mistake, and he he was accountable to it after the game. But you look at Leroy Sani and the time he got to to take on that shot shows you that people are not coming back into the area to defend the goal. Similar for Nabri here all the time in the world. And these are goals that are not different from other goals they have considered this season. And I, to me, the shocking thing was, I think it was in the 79th minute, McTominay was on for uh, just 10 minutes. He was a substitute who came in in the 69th minute. He lost the ball in the other half and he did not run back. Mm. And this happened not just with Mac. This is a guy who came in for 10 minutes and he's not jogging back. And there were a couple of others, Casemiro, Ericsson, a couple of players were guilty of it. 
And then this makes me question, can you then say as players that we gave everything to the cause, which is what Onana is alluding to? I don't think so. Yeah, that's very heartfelt and honest. I thought Andre Onana might be the only honest opinion we hear, but certainly Deepan has been very honest with his take as well, right? Okay, I admit, I'm just trying to elude to eventually we'll discuss, do I sound as delusional as Eric Ten Hag? <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I do think Eric Ten Hag, to Deepan's point, patterns are emerging and Eric Ten Hag is struggling for words to try and make sense of it all. Here's what he had to say speaking to TNT Sport in the post-match and again, sounds delusional for me. You stand here again having to answer questions about another defeat. How do you assess what you saw? As you say, I'm disappointed and because uh, we should stay in the game. And, and then you see when you score three goals at Bayern and then at least you have to take a point. Three or more goals conceded for Manchester United in three consecutive games now. Are you making it too easy for teams to score against you? I wouldn't say like this, and but we are in a period um, a lot going against us. But uh, but we have to make our own look, and uh, when we can't keep going, when we can't keep consistent, do the rules and the principles of our game, then you can see goals. But also telling, have we playing great teams in the last three games? It's Burnley next in the Premier League. How important has that game now become to win? Every game is important, and every game is huge. And uh, as I just said, we have to make our own look and no one going to help you. Uh, but uh, as you see, the first 25 minutes, uh, then uh, you have to score a goal. But if not, uh, stay in that game and don't allow opponent to score a goal uh, like we did. And it's not only about one mistake, because also before that, it was too easy that that player get a shot. And you have to be consistent in such moments and then you will win games. How do you change that then? As we, team, me included, uh, only we can do it. Uh, it's in our hands and uh, no one else. Sounds a lot like a struggle for vocabulary there, but uh, Deepan, I'm back to my usual self now. Are we a victim of the high discipline that's required and the generation that we have not able to deal with that high discipline. I'm alluding to your Jaden Sancho, your Anthony situation, even the Mason Greenwood situation. So you're putting some naive people on the field and you can't get rid of people who are not stepping up. Ericsson's on his last legs, man. He's old. Yeah, completely agree with you. I, but you see, this is the, thing, the puzzling thing about discipline. If you enforce discipline in the squad, the very least you do on a match day is to run. It's weird. Yeah, and, and that's not happening. And and to me, I can't believe that I'm sitting here talking about professional football players not running back to cover the team. And and, and that's something I cannot understand. And you, you talk about why we are conceding so many goals. Um, you look at the shots that uh, we are conceding. I, I've got the numbers here. We've allowed 95 shots yes. in six matches. Crazy. <laughs> to me, that boggles the mind. Uh, and then you go further back to look at, you know, what, what are we doing that is wrong? And, and, and I don't want to say that this is my original point because I heard it this morning uh, from Mario Melchior, who is, of course, a former Chelsea fullback. And he was analysing uh, Eric Ten Hag and, and Manchester United. And he raised a very good point, which I completely agree with. At Ajax, in the Eredivisie, Eric Ten Hag could use Ajax to play a certain brand of football yep. because they will always dominate possession. Yep. Unfortunately, the teams that we play against, whether it's Arsenal, Brighton or Bayern Munich, you cannot go into these matches and say, we are going to jostle for possession with you. Sometimes you've got to take a step back and realise that, okay, we are conceding possession today, 
but we might hit them on the counter attack. But unfortunately, with Manchester United right now, Eric Ten Hag is using players who are not fit to play that kind of football to try and play possession football. It's not working out. It's it's going to cost you. And like I said again, four three, I think really flatters Manchester United. It could have been way worse. Things have got to get better immediately. Yeah, above and beyond the scoreline, I agree that the performance was bad, right? But in Eric Ten Hag's defence, is he not? having the best squad available yet. We haven't seen Amrabat. We haven't seen Mason Mount. So I do feel, I agree to your point about immaturity and the players' mentality, but in terms of fans, is there also an impatience to succeed because all Manchester United used to do was win and then now suddenly there's this impatience to get it right the first time. I do think Eric Ten Hag has been hamstrung, not just by off-field issues, but the number of personnel who are injured. Yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. I think to be fair to Ten Hag, I think there are a lot of players missing. Uh, the fact that you've got to use Ericsson back-to-back and, and the fact that he hasn't performed and he's still playing, I think shows you uh, the lack of options available. Uh, and also I think Eric Ten Hag, to his credit, has gained... Um, the fans giving them a chance because for last season the football that we played the fact that we won a trophy I think gives him that goodwill but having said all this I don't think that Eric Ten Hag has covered himself in glory mm. as well I think he has made quite a number of errors in terms of team selection in terms of tactics I mean we talk about the Brighton game he played into uh, Roberto Di Zabi's and, uh, and Brighton's hands and in this win I think he, he made a similar mistake here against Bayern but they were not punished you know so much uh, and that's the worry for me is when does Eric Ten Hag realise that he does not have the players to play the kind of football that he wants to this season given that the players are out and then you change your style, right? Mm. Because, yes, we, we give him the, the, the chance that you know he doesn't have the players available and then you must realise it yourself and then you change your style for now. But we haven't seen that. I, the problem I'm struggling with is back to that main point that where why are you not fighting for the club? Why are you not running back? You don't need to be on form to chase a person. Which leads me to this slightly complicated question, Deepen. Eric Ten Hag has that, uh, how do you say, goodwill. And he will for a little bit while more. Um, he is a person with tactics, unlike um, the previous manager who was all about a feel-good factor. Um, did all of this hope and optimism go downhill when the Glazers said, United are not for sale anymore? Because it feels a bit convenient timing-wise. I, I don't know if it, if it affects players as much as we think it does. Because, I mean, for, the, for us fans, you know, yeah. it, it, it was yeah, a sad it affects thing, us. Right? It affects us. These guys are just doing a job, but... Could yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you are still being paid. And whether or not your owner changes should not determine the amount of effort that you put onto the field. Or maybe they, they, they are unable to, to get that in their head. Hey, it's all about you. Your job is just to play football. Go and play football. Why is it so difficult to understand that you just need to give your all? Yeah, I do take that point in terms of it being a mindset issue because yeah. now it's back-to-back games where we've Manchester United have started brightly in the opening 20 minutes. But once they concede, they crumble. They crumble quite easily. And to Elliot's point, maybe it is... We talk about tactics that Ten Hag needs to address. We talk about the ownership situation. But first comes first, Does have the players forgotten how to win? Because Deepin, I've told you this privately, I don't think Manchester United have put on a good performance since they reached the Carabao Cup final. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, and, and I think what, what we also need to talk about is not just the lack of effort. There are quite a number of players who are suffering from uh, lack of form. Mm. Uh, we look at Lisandro sure. Martinez. Sure. I sure. mean, if that was Maguire playing last night and the number of positional errors that he made... He will be all over Twitter, Facebook and Instagram in terms of memes, right? 
And that's the worry for me is why are these players who were so reliable last season suddenly dipping, you know, their form has dipped so much. And and it's it's almost like when it rains, it pours for Manchester United at the moment because it's not one, two, three, four issues that, that United have at the moment. There are so many issues. We could probably make a series of podcasts about United's issues at the moment. And I don't know where to, to start with and... You know, right now, all I can say is the next game against Burnley becomes so, so, so crucial. If Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United aren't able to get three points away at Burnley, they are in deep, deep trouble. Their alarm bells will go off at Old Trafford if that doesn't happen. For sure. I mean, how long more before the fans turn on Eric Ten Hag? Look, I've never, you know, said that a manager should get sacked and and neither am I going to say it now. But they've got to show signs. And I do think that, you know, uh, a defeat against Burnley, which is very, very possible, by the way. Sometimes I think a lot of fans, especially in, in this part of the world, like to look at Manchester United as a team that must, you know, they must win every game. But we don't realise now that the Premier League is a very competitive league. Mm. There are teams that, you know, you, you, you say to some guy on the street who follows football fairly regularly, and you oh, Burnley, ah, sure, must win. You know, that's that's the narrative. Oh, that we they, thought that with Brighton as well. Yeah, right? and, but it has changed. You look at uh, Burnley right now, the amount of players that they've brought in uh, who are good players, they are not known names. They, they can surprise Manchester United. And if Manchester United are not careful, we are going to go down and down because there are so many good teams in the Premier League right now and they've got to get the act together almost immediately. Yeah, yeah nothing's, nothing's a given, I think. Yeah. I think Deepen makes a fair point. No result is a given. And on paper, you look at the run of results, you think, okay, Ten Hag's going to conjure something and turn things around here. But I, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced because the tactics just seem wrong at the you, moment. You know, you guys always ask me questions. So, so I, I'll, I'll pose something to you. At which point do you say that, you know, Eric Ten Hag has done well, but it's not working out, the players are not responding to you, You've got to go. I think when the players come back, all the players he signed and he gets his full squad available and then there's a run of games where there is an identity. I'm not talking about three points. I'm not talking about making it through in the cup competitions. Just that identity doesn't take shape. Then we've got to start asking questions about Eric Ten Hag. Because to your point, there are various good teams in the Premier League now. That's because there are various good managers in the Premier League now. So it's hard not to glance a jealous eye at someone like the Zerbi or... You know what I mean? There might be a fresh, shiny new toy. But I think Ten Hag, for now, deserves a lot of time and his players to try and show that he can make this work. And sorry, Ali, I just, just want to ask uh, you something. We look at Manchester United now. They've struggled for some time. Uh, but time and again, we, we, we discuss Manchester United because it's a brand, right? It's a big, big team. When do we start to accept that United are no longer one of the big boys? You know, or, or is it are we already at that stage? Actually, that was how I was going to answer the question. If Eric Ten Hag starts going on press conferences and blaming the whole world, then we have a problem. I don't quite think that he's delusional. I think he's just got no choice, and he's going to say the positive things that he's saying or, or politically correct things that he's saying. But I think Manchester United, as players, as managers, we should go out there, or even as, as... Okay, as fans, we look at the brand. That's why we support it. But as players, look past the brand. Don't think that we are Manchester United. Think that we are a team. Be you first. Be your character first as a team. The brand will follow. Mm. It's like if you go to another company, I hire you because you're deep and rich, and you have a way of writing. How do you blend in with that company, right? Then later on then we can put company first, etc, etc. But if these guys, these guys are not thinking of themselves as footballers, my pride, my, I wear the name, my family name at the back of my jersey. That's got to mean something even more than the club crest. 
And that's a problem. Yeah, I think Elliot makes a very fair point, right? We accuse Eric Ten Hag of sounding delusional in these uh, post-match conversations, but perhaps the fans need to stop being delusional and expecting success because at the moment, Manchester United are not even getting the basics right. Yeah, yeah. EAFC 24 early access is out tomorrow. Most played team, gentlemen. <laughs> Likely will be Manchester United. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.